It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We talk a lot about business here. I'm with Get Down to Business, and I'm your Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content information. You will not want to miss it. Let's jump right in. I'm so excited for this conversation. I am joined by Kathleen Adams um, from Second 50 Financial. I absolutely love this uh, the, the name of this company. Uh, Kathleen uh, has uh, started her latest business, Second 50 Financial, to help baby boomers and others over 50 preserve their wealth and achieve greater financial freedom than they ever thought possible. Kathleen, welcome to the program. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Um, I, well, I've been, uh, I've been in this business for, it's been about 23 years now. And prior to that, um, I had a degree in biological sciences. So I have kind of a, a career change in my life. But I, I just wanted to say that I was inspired to, to do what I'm doing right now by my dad. And um, it was his story that sort of got me into doing what I'm doing. And I love, I love planning and working with people in their second 50 years. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about it. Why are things unique for those in that um, that uh, category that we call uh, baby boomers? Why why is it necessary to have a, a firm dedicated to serving that population? You know the the mindsets of people once they turn fifty and, and get into their well into their fifties, sixties, seventies shifts dramatically. And we started noticing it because a lot of our clients were aging and then a lot of clients that we were attracting were in the second 50 group. And it's, it's basically that very successful people start to recognize that, you know, what they did to be successful before 50 doesn't feel the same after 50. And it's mostly because you, you notice that at a certain point, your business income is going to stop. Or as one of my clients says, your fresh money is going to stop. And so once you have this wealth that you've been accumulating and you have to start using it, it's, it's a very, very different feeling. And we believe that you really have to think, plan, and invest differently during this time to really feel financially confident and enjoy it. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, Kathleen, um, you have worked with so many people. Um, and, again, I know that this is your not your first rodeo. This is your latest venture. Um, and... I'm curious if you could tell us, obviously without naming any names, but tell us some of the stories of the people that inspire you and, and why you're so passionate about what you do uh, and how you've been able to, to help people. Well, I belong to a really big thinking coaching community. So we, we spend four days every year really thinking about our thinking and what we want to do. And I've done a lot of reading and researching on the boomer age group. And it's actually the largest, wealthiest, most highly educated group to ever move into this time of life. 
And, you know, there's a wonderful book called The Longevity Economy. That's kind of what got me started a few years ago. But this group has been changing the world and impacting the world their entire lives. And so moving into the second 50 opens the door for them to do a lot more than many other people have ever done before, their parents or their grandparents. So I was very inspired by books and also by my coaching community to go ahead and see what I could do to help the boomers have the most amazing second 50 and at the same time impact and continue impacting and improving the world. And I fully believe that they can. Wow. So, and hence the name Second 50 Financial. I know that your tagline is confidence, opportunity, and vitality, um, which is important. So, uh, if I understand correctly, you are an independent, uh, you, you are tr- a true fiduciary. Why d- should that matter to our listeners? Well, I believe it matters because you're always hearing it. You know, you want you want to be working with someone who's you're working totally for them and in their best interest. And, you know, to be honest, I think there's a lot of fantastic planners and advisors out there that that are are not working as independently as I am, but they are definitely working in the best interest of people. So I think it is important to be independent if you want to offer all the different types of services and products that are out there. But as far as doing what's in their best interest, I think a lot of us do that. In our case, we decided that we needed to really shift how we were going to help people get the income they needed to support the lifestyle they wanted. And we couldn't go the traditional route. We have to look to the future. We're we're not going to be like we were the last 10 years. And so to get into the non-traditional things and the types of planning and products and investments, we, we had to go completely independent. Wow, fascinating. Okay, great. So um, definitely for, again, for all those in, as you say, your second 50 years uh, and are looking to wisely use the the wealth you've built and earned, uh, definitely want to chat with our good friend Kathleen Adams over here. Um, And you mentioned a moment ago, which I appreciate you talking about, is that, you know, definitely that fiduciary uh, piece matters, but your experience matters as well. Kathleen, I think something unique that you bring to the table is that you're not just talking the talk, um, you're actually walking the walk. Tell us why uh, your past experience and what you can share from your past experience, uh, what what does that mean uh, and, and in terms of how you relate to that second 50? Right, and I'll just, just say that second 50 is named second 50 because I firmly believe that the majority, not the majority, but maybe many, many people will live more than a second 50 years. So I think we are at a place in the world and in time where we're going to be able to live a lot longer and we need to pay attention to that in the financial planning community and just in our lives in general. But as far as my experience, I I will say that it was my dad's, it was my experience with my dad that really inspired me to get going with the Second 50 group. He was an extremely successful dentist in the Chicago area and he Um, You know, when it was time for him to get out, it it was an unexpected health event and he wasn't set up properly and I was pretty stunned. I wasn't in financial planning at the time. He thought he'd done everything right, built wealth, had no debt, took care of his family beautifully. We never wanted for anything. So that kind of drove me crazy and I went back to school and learned that the majority of people at the time were not getting any kind of overview, big picture planning to help them have the life they wanted once they stopped working. And especially if you were successful, if you're, you know, enjoying a really great lifestyle and um, you had a private business or you're an entrepreneur, professional practice, 
you really have to pay attention and do some prep work with that. So that was my biggest experience with it. I'm wow, also okay. in that age group now too. <laughs> I'm right in there. So I'm having to walk the talk too. Okay, that's that's uh, very important. So we're having this conversation at the end of 2022. We're moving into a new calendar year. And I, I think that that's important. There's, there's new laws, there's new regulations, new rules. And um, I'm curious, what do our listeners need to know? As we move into the new year, what New Year's resolutions should they be thinking about making? What, should, what can they do to set themselves up for success in the new year uh, in terms of financial responsibility? So I would say, you know, look ahead to thinking about the, the future. So if you're in the second 50 age group, try to focus on the future as an amazing part of your life. Don't get scared off by things that are going on right now. And, and really, there's so much about the economy and the politi politics in the world that we can't control. So let's focus on our personal economy and our personal community. I, I absolutely love having communities and staying connected. Your personal economy is what you're spending, how you're using your wealth, setting yourself up correctly. All of those things matter and you have control of that. So, and I would also say it's gonna be very difficult to go this alone. We're at a very complex time. Um, the world is volatile. COVID forced a massive reset on most of what we're doing. So, you know, I would say try to either find a community or an advisor that you trust and work together. It's, it's always better together. And if I could just add one more thing quickly, in our world of planning, we do financial confidence has to come first, but then consider opportunity expansion. Don't ever let go of what you might want to do because of your age. Really consider opportunity expansion. And then the last is vitality. Take advantage of some fantastic new health and medical breakthroughs, it's something that we try to bring resources to. And you have to write a check, so you have to plan. That's okay, well, um, Kathleen, we're running out of time, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you and your team over at Second 50 Financial. How can we get in contact? Uh, just our website would be fine, or LinkedIn. Fantastic. Can you share that information? Sure. www.second, S-E-C-O-N-D, 50 financial.com and then linkedin is just my name kathleen a adams second 50 fantastic financial. kathleen adams second 50 financial we really appreciate you coming on i can't wait to uh to get in touch with you especially as we move into the new year i'm sure we'll want to have you back on real soon but thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners i'm going to squeeze in a quick break here and get down to business the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship all of our guests are linked on my website shawlandcline.com so make sure you visit and don't touch that bell we'll be right back Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am joined by a self-described sweet tea sipping, sassy southerner with a passion for helping dynamic, driven, career-minded professionals write their own success story. She's a coach, corporate trainer, and motivational speaker, as well as the author of two award-winning books, When in Doubt, Delete It, and Get Noticed, Get Hired. I'm joined by Shelly Phillips. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited to be here today. Absolutely. I know you have a very successful, successfully ever after formula that's designed to land people in an ideal career. Um, but I want to go to the go to the basics because we're having this conversation at the end, the very, very end of 2022, a time when many people take time to reflect and sort of think about what am I doing and how could I do things that will make me happier? 
Um, you spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, as I understand it. What is the high value real estate on your LinkedIn profile? What's the most important part of your profile? All right, so there's three places that you really have to focus on. It's your headline, your summary, and then your photos and images that you put on there. If you do those things right, it's gonna get you the attention that you need. And the great thing about this time of the year is that people really start hiring in January and February. It's a really good time to, to find that new position. So if you do the work now, you'll be positioned to land those positions that you're looking for. Oh yeah, absolutely. So this is indeed a good time for everybody that's tuning in. This is the time to make sure you're beefing up your LinkedIn profile, whether you know you're looking for a job or not, you definitely, it's all about branding. And that's coming from, uh, from the branding expert herself, Shelly Phillips, which is great. So what are some of the other things beyond your LinkedIn profile? What do I need to do to stand out and start to get noticed and, and make sure that I'm not just like everybody else in December, 2022. So I like to tell my clients that, you know, no one's going to pay you what you're worth only what you what they think that you're worth. So it's up to you to control what they're thinking about you. And the place today that everybody goes for their information is online. So even if you write an awesome resume and an awesome cover letter and you, you sit there and you, you work on your interview skills and everything, you've got to actually make it through to that human person that's going to invite you to that interview. And the way that you do that is really focusing on your online personality and profile. And I think people get a little bit scared sometimes about really showing some of their personality, especially on LinkedIn. And I think that's where that summary area that we were talking about earlier really comes into play because you can add a little bit of personality. And what you want that recruiter or that hiring manager to see is that, hey, I'm somebody that you want to spend time with in that office setting, whether it's in the cubicle next door, the office down the hall or in the break room. You want to set yourself up so that your skills shine, but also that they like you as a person, because that's really what it's about is building that know, like, and trust, just like entrepreneurs do to get people to come in and buy their, their products or set up their business or a company does. It's all about showing people what you're going to show up with and how you're going to present yourself once they hire you. Totally. I'm chatting with Shelly Phillips, um, who has written two award-winning books, When in Doubt, Delete It, and Get Noticed, Get Hired. Shelly, I know you have a background in public relations and communication, and I hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about sort of helping job seekers build their brand. There must be a story behind, behind your story over here. Shelly, tell us a little bit about how you've discovered your own passion and why you enjoy what you do so much. Yeah, so my background was in public relations and communications, and I still do that for companies and for, for businesses. You know, but the thing that really got me inspired to to work with other people is that, hey, I realized, you know, we are our own biggest assets. And, you know, I was raised where, you know, you don't really talk about yourself. It's not nice to brag about yourself. You don't want to be boastful. And, you know, I think a lot of people shy away from talking about their accomplishments because, they they're kind of raised with that same mentality. Someone else will notice what I'm doing. I don't need to talk about it. And it got really clear to me for about 14 years. I worked with a group of sorority women and I would see them go through college. I would see them get their degree. They'd walk across the stage, get ready to tackle life. And they wouldn't get that job offer in their initial field of study. So they would take what we called get by jobs. And you know, that was maybe a barista, maybe it was in retail, something like that. And so they'd spend the next six, eight months trying to find that job in their chosen field. And when they would get the offer, finally, it would come in six to eight thousand dollars lower than someone who got the offer right out of school. 
for some reason their work experience diminished their educational value. And, you know, I was sitting here thinking that is so wrong. It's about how we're going to position this, because after four years with these women, you get quite attached to them and you want to see them succeed. And and so started really taking my my marketing and PR skills and putting it to work for them to help them land these careers. And so we started talking about how can I use that work experience to show that I'm a better candidate than someone maybe right out of school. I can show that I'm a dependable. I can show that I'm accountable. I can show that I've dealt with customers. All these things that employers want that may not be included in that job description for us, you know, it's very task oriented job description, but you can actually use to that to your benefit if you actually start thinking about it and putting it into perspective of what can I show that someone else isn't going to show? And we had a lot of success with that. And then later in my own life, I was in my 40s and um, the, the company that I was working for, we had a major shift and a new general manager came in and I, basically my position lost its value. They didn't really see that that what I did for the organization mattered to them and they wanted to focus in other areas. And so it was like, OK, now you got to take a dose of your own medicine, what you've been preaching and what you've been practicing. Will it work for somebody in their 40s? And so that's what I did. Started, you know, practicing what I preached and, and found another career that I love. And and now I've been able to turn that into where I can successfully help others reach that same goal. And you certainly are. I'm chatting with Shelly Phillips. I really, really love your passion. What we're talking about over here is really personal branding. Um, but it's not just in the job search. It really is also. And you, you just alluded to it in your own personal story. Uh, about how it can help you with your promotions as well. Um, but let's flip, let's change gears here for a moment. Let's talk about the employer for, for a moment. Um, as a company leader, owner, and many of our listeners are indeed entrepreneurs, how can we create a culture of engaged employees? And why does it matter if I, if I don't? Why can't I just focus on trying to make money? Yeah, so glad you asked this. I'm actually working on my third book right now, and it's all about creating that culture of engaged employees in the workplace. So super passionate about this topic. But, you know, unengaged workers are kind of your own worst enemy inside the workplace. You know, they show up, they do the bare minimum, they have poor communication skills, they use a lot of sick time, their productivity drops, and it starts to affect the people around them. So one way that you can build up that environment is by helping them grow their own personal brands. And the really neat thing about that is when you invest in branding for them, showing them how to talk about the work that they do, how they can show off their skills, they actually really become more satisfied. And, you know, a lot of employers, when I do corporate training and everything, say, well, if I teach them how to show off their skills, someone else is going to come snatch them away from me. And the opposite is actually true. It's harder for someone to steal them from you when they, they love where they at and they feel valued in a part of the success that the organization is having. And so when you work with them, they also help you when it comes to recruiting new talent, because we all know, you know, we'll look at what a company posts and we're probably going to look at it with a little bit of skepticism there because the company is always going to tell us the best pieces of things. But if I have a friend who works there or I have a connection on LinkedIn or Facebook or any of the other social platforms and they're sitting there talking about what a great opportunity this is. The company invests in me in training and they help me grow and they help me become more productive. Then they become what I call brand advocates for you. 
they're building your brand and giving you credibility as an organization, as a company, as a leader, that you are a great person to work for, you're a great company to work for. And there's just so many positives that come from that experience. Wow. Okay, great. Well, Shelly, we've already talked so much about, uh, about, again, personal branding. And, you know, really quick question for you, but I'm curious, is this a good time to consider a change as we move into 2023? What, what's your perspective on sort of just the, the, uh, the, the, the hiring climate out there? Yeah, right now I would say it's still a worker's market um, that you can kind of go in there and negotiate the best packages for you. There's a little bit of slowdown happening because of economic pressures with inflation and supply chain issues and different things like that right now. But if you really set yourself up to showcase those skills and highlight what you bring to the table, it's a really good time for you to be able to control that narrative and get a package that's really great for you. Awesome, Michelle. I've certainly enjoyed our conversation, and I know that there's a lot more that we can learn from you in both your two books, as well as it sounds like a third book on the way. How can we get in touch? Yeah, so I'm on all the social platforms, especially LinkedIn. You can find me, Chelly Phillips, or you can go to my website, ChellyPhillips.com, and I'm going to spell that because it's a really unusual name, C-H-E-L-L-I-E-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S.com. Fantastic, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to bringing you back on when that new book is released, because uh, certainly uh, that climate, that culture and companies is so important to us. Wishing you a great rest of your day and a great set of holidays ahead. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll link to all of our guests uh, through my website. We'll be right back on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Definitely encourage all of our listeners to get in touch through my website, shalomkline.com. And while you're online, be sure to check out our sponsor, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com, for all of your health insurance needs. Great resource on the Affordable Care Act. And I encourage you to visit his website, healthplanchicago.com. Or give him a call, 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. And he provides a free consultation. If you just tell him you heard about Tom Arabali and Get Down to Business. Um, But speaking of getting down to business, believe it or not, it's almost New Year's. It's almost New Year's. And of course, it's a great time of year to spend time with family and friends and colleagues at work and so on. We also have to start thinking ahead in business. Thinking ahead, yes, that means that we need to start planning and set New Year's resolutions, not just for us and how we're going to get that beach body, but also set New Year's resolutions for your business. Start a new year is an opportunity to make positive change, and it's no different in the business world. The resolutions that you set for your business will depend on many factors, but there are a few all companies could benefit from setting, uh, heading into 2023. It's been a wild, unpredictable few years, and many have been struggling as a result. But there are also many positives and new opportunities to capitalize on. So here's a few New Year's resolutions for businesses in 2023 to consider. The first one might seem obvious, but reduce your costs. Reducing costs is always a good resolution because it can improve your bottom line It's also particularly important in 2023 and even now due to inflation being so high. Many businesses are struggling right now with inflation and interest rates so high. So it's a good time to bring your costs down. This can involve switching suppliers, 
lowering your energy bill, outsourcing instead of hiring, and even finding an alternative place of business. Remote work might allow you to downsize. And, you know, this might sound like a crazy thing to do during the winter, but if you have not yet done so already, 2023 is a perfect time to invest in solar panels. Although it is an expense, solar panels will help you to make significant long-term savings. And they are a smart investment. It's particularly true during an energy crisis. It'll protect you from future rises. On top of this, solar panels allow you to reduce your environmental impact, something that every business should be doing in 2023. Get involved in community. You want to talk about your environmental impact. This is a time when businesses certainly are going through a digital transformation, but many companies are engaging with the community less. And frankly, this could hold you back. Getting involved with the community can increase brand awareness, improve your reputation, and boost the business in many ways. So when you're talking about Chicago or anywhere where you might be tuning in, it's an ideal place because they're large communities, but it's also business, cultural, and social hubs. You could also get involved in the community by partnering with other businesses, hosting events, and getting involved in local schools and taking part in local initiatives, just as a few examples. But also it's time to implement new software. Another good resolution for 2023 is to implement API management software. In a time when companies are incredibly um, reliant on APIs and use many for key business tasks, it sometimes can be pretty difficult to rely on some of these tools that you have. Good software in your company can minimize stress and make it much easier to manage your processes. Good API management software can help you to build applications much faster and securely to improve the efficiency of your operation. For businesses going through digital transformation, some of your software can make this so much easier. So these are a few New Year's resolutions that frankly, I think all businesses can benefit from in 2023. The start of a new year is a great opportunity to make positive change in your business. And these items that we just mentioned, and to recap, we talked about reducing your costs, investing in solar panels, getting involved in community, and implementing new software can indeed set you up for a successful year. This time of year, I also encourage everybody to reconnect with what matters. Yes, that means at home, obviously, spend time with your family, but also make sure you're taking care of your people at the office. If you have the budget for it, do a small holiday party. Better yet, don't spend the money on a party, but give people the time to get to know each other and in a unstructured format, really take care of people. You'll find that if you genuinely get to know your people at this time of year, you'll find that you're actually going to be able to utilize them in your company a lot more effectively. I found that so many bosses don't even really know much about their the families of the people that work in their business. And this is the time of year that maybe take a step back. Make sure that people have time to go home at night and not work the crazy schedules, but also get to know them. Learn about their talents. Find out how you can do true talent management to invest in their future moving into 2023. These are hopefully a couple of things that you can implement, and I'd love to hear from you in terms of what's working. What's working in your company um, that you plan to improve on in 2023? Share your advice with our fellow listeners through my website, shalomkline.com. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share on Get Down to Business on your favorite podcast app. You won't be disappointed. You'll get a notification every time a new episode drops. Whether you're traveling in Chicago or beyond, 
you won't miss an episode of Get Down to Business. Check out my website, shalomfine.com. Check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali at healthplanchicago.com. And stick around because after this quick break, we're going to be back with more small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I've been super excited for this conversation. I'm joined by Susan Hamilton Meyer, a personal branding expert who helps women untangle the zigzags of their career to find the clear, shiny thread of their story and design the next steps of their personal journey. Susan, welcome to the program. I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to be here. Uh, so who am I? So, well, as you might imagine from the description that you just gave about the work that I do, I am first and foremost a zigzagger. I have had a number of different careers and continue to have a number of different things that I do for work. The foremost is, as you said, personal branding. I um, work with women who are either thinking about what their next step might be um, and finding their way. Uh, and not sure yet what they want to do. And also with women who have an idea for a new business or a new position that they're seeking. And they're trying to connect those dots that I think a lot of, you know, really creative and smart people have where they've done a lot of different things and aren't really sure they can't see necessarily the connection between them. So to answer your question more directly, a little bit about me um, and my background, I started my career in management consulting with the Boston Consulting Group. Um, I was an art and art history major in college, so that was already a bit of a zigzag. Um, I thought strategy, still think strategy is really interesting. Um, so I worked with Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies for a number of years um, in the under the umbrella of management consulting, and I got really interested in brands because I thought it was fascinating what uh, drew people into their really emotional connections with. At the time, I was working with big consumer brands. I started my own branding agency serving corporate clients uh, 12 years ago. I've worked in consumer goods and also extended into healthcare and technology. Um, And that's been the bulk of my work for the last half of that. And started working about three years ago with smaller businesses, and particularly with women doing the work that I just described. I also continue to make art. Um, I paint, I make jewelry. Um, so I've got a lot of zigzags in my life and I am a great uh, proponent of exploring all the things that you find interesting and that make you feel creative and happy. Okay. So you've used that term zigzag several times in our conversation so far, and I love it. The zigzag path. So I want to understand, especially as we move into uh, what for many is the period of contemplation and strategy around New Year's resolutions. Everybody wants to start thinking of, hey, am I satisfied? Am I happy? How can I make more money? What can I do to achieve my goals? All those sort of things. And part of that, if I understand correctly, is that may involve a zigzag path. So what is that and why is it valuable? Indeed, this is the time of year. We all do it. Um So one of the things, so the way that I structure the work that I do with my clients, and I think this is the answer to your question, is we start with 
self-reflection and like what's important to you and what are you all about and particularly what are your core values so I use a number of different prompts and exercises to help people get at this. We do some collaging. Um, we do some other stuff um, to make it fun and also to think a little bit differently. Um, but I think that it's, you know, you said it. It's about reflecting on who you are, what you want. Giving yourself permission to do that is sometimes the actual first step um, because a lot of us, um, and I think particularly women, um, I, in my experience, I found um, – kind of bear this uh, burden, um, self-imposed largely, um, of what we should do and what people need from us. And, you know, we're serving uh, the, the needs of other people and we forget that our needs and our desires are as important and actually help us serve the world better if we can really tap into those things that we, um, that are genuinely what we're all about. That's very powerful indeed. So again, I'm chatting with Susan Hamilton Meyer, um, who, as we said, is a personal branding expert, helps women, but already helping everybody, all of our listeners untangle zigzags of their careers to find that clear, shiny thread of their story and design the next steps of personal journey. And this is, as we both agreed, that time of year, which is very, very important. So Susan, um, you have been very modest because you're an alum of the Harvard Business School and the Boston Consulting Group. And so when was that aha moment for you that you have, you sound very passionate about what you do. When did you discover that this is your career and this is the sort of the, the current step of your zigzag? Yeah, it's, you know, I think the aha moment on this one wasn't so much one moment, but more just suddenly it was all around me. And I do believe that things come to you that you, you're you sort of meant to do and suddenly you can't deny that that's what's happening. It was more that friends and friends of friends started coming to me and saying, I know this isn't exactly what you do because you work with these large companies, but I could really use some help launching this new business idea. Or could you help me think about how to write you know, the, the bio for my LinkedIn page, or I'm going to a networking event or a board meeting, and I'm going to need to introduce myself, but I've been out of the workforce for a little while. So it just started coming to me and I was doing it, you know, pro bono for a while. And I thought, wow, I can really use the tools that I've worked to develop for corporate clients. Those same tools are actually going to be able to help these folks and this is really kind of heart-centered work, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're helping an individual change their lives. So I think that was the, the journey for me. That's awesome. Well, we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on Get Down to Business. You can always go to my website, shalomkline.com. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Susan. We'll talk a little bit more about creativity. Um, why is it important? Why, what are some of the easy ways that you can be more creative, more productive in your daily work life? Uh, again, I'm, ch you know, I'm chatting here on Get Down to Business with Susan Hamilton Meyer. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we will be right back. So don't touch that dial. You're listening to the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We'll return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We're continuing our conversation with Zigzag Master herself. That's right. We're chatting with Susan Hamilton Meyer, personal branding expert. Susan, you've already shared so much with us. We've talked about those zigzags, but I equate those zigzags sometimes with creativity. What are some of the easy ways that our listeners can sort of add to their New Year's resolutions, as we said a moment ago, to be more creative, be more productive in their daily work life, or maybe their career transitions? 
Um, I love that question, but I also just need to stop and say, I love the title Zigzag Master. It's probably the best title you could possibly have. And I'm going to try to find a way to incorporate that into my profile somewhere. Awesome. (laughs) Fantastic. I used to say the best title I ever had was the last agency I worked for was uh, my title was director of vision. Uh, What I was, was the director of strategy, but I was so inspired by that title. And I've kind of carried that with, I don't call myself that anymore, of course, but I, I carried that with me because I do think it's about, and I'm a visual person. As I said, I'm an artist. So for me, it's literally visual. But even if you are, you know, more of a words person or a music person, it's still about, you know, thinking in this broad way. And so how can we be more productive and creative in our lives? Um, so there is, if you are a visual person, or even if you're not, there is a visual component. And maybe even if you especially if you're not, you might be overlooking some of the ways to enhance your visual environment to spark creativity. And I actually got really interested in this during the pandemic when many of us started new side projects um, and many of us were working at home. I actually started doing um, a little research project that turned into a blog about home workspaces and how people were crafting their workspaces specifically to enhance their productivity and creativity. Um, and I'll tell you where that is at the end of this. But um, uh, what I have learned from, you know, interviewing dozens of people who are kind of at the top of their game in creative fields um, is that that space where you work is very important. And especially in a world where a lot of us are still hybrid or maybe permanently at home, um, you know, not crowding yourself onto the edge of the dining room table, or if you have to be at the edge of the dining room table, creating a space where you have plants, you have light, you have something inspiring to you to look at. It could be a poster, uh, you know, a postcard that you stick up onto the wall while you're working. It doesn't have to be a great work of art, but something that kind of gets you into the frame of mind that makes you both creative and productive. What I learned from doing that research is that these two things are totally intertwined. I think we think of productivity as like serious time with a spreadsheet or something and creative is like, oh, we're going to have fun now. They're they're intertwined, right? If you do something, you know, if you're, let's say, very, you know, I'm an accountant, you still need to be very creative, right? There's <laughs> there's a lot of creative accounting out there. And likewise, sure. if you're a musician, you still need to be organized and productive. So I, I do think those things are very intertwined. So short answer, easy thing you can do tomorrow. Think about your workspace. Think about what's around you. Create the right visual and energetic place for you to be working. Own it. And, uh, you know, sort of take command of that space. Um, Other things, uh, you know, I know we have one second left, but another thing I want to say that's beyond the workspace is read a lot. Go to art shows, go to, you know, concerts and think about how those things relate to each other, because it's this intermingling of different spheres that really activate Mm -hmm. creativity. That's some really, really great advice and some real good takeaways that everybody can sort of reflect on and. Um, again, creativity and the productivity come together from the zigzag guru, the master herself. That's right. We've been chatting with Susan Hamilton Meyer. Susan really enjoyed our conversation. I can't wait to bring you back on real soon. Um, but for starters, can you share your website with our listeners? 
Well, my website where you can find it all is, in fact, embracethezigzag.com. And that will take you to my website, which is Susan Meyer Studio. And you will see all the different things that I do there. There's some free downloads about quick start guides for thinking about writing your brand story, how to work happier, uh, lots of good stuff there. So please reach out. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap for us here and get down to business to success. We'll talk to you next week.